0: Thought Bubble Audio Hi and welcome to Academy Rewind, the podcast where we take a look back at the Oscars from years past. I'm Tim and with me as always is 1949's host of the Oscars, Palmer. How are you today? I am good. You forgot one thing. Yeah. I am also the voice of the people. You are the you're the voice of the people? Yep. You're 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 the Oh shoot. No, I can't remember. <laughs> ah, it's not brother I. He's not the voice of the people. Um or big brother. Shoot. <laughs> I was trying to think a ministry wow. of ministry of something. Ministry of magic? No, it's self-reliance. 19, no, it's from 19, I'm trying to make a 1984 reference, Self- but I can't remember ministry the Ministry of Self-Reliance. Is it Self-Reliance? I'm pretty sure. Ah, shoot, I can't remember. That doesn't matter. None of those movies. <laughs> None of those movies. Oddly are enough, on here. One of the movies this week is not 1984. No, it's not. Um actually this uh this might have come out 49. I can't remember when when 84 was written. I think I thought you were going to say I can't remember when 80 when 1984 came out cuz it actually came out in 1984. With the film, yes, yeah, yeah. not the book. Yeah. <laughs> no. I've never seen the film. Actually, I've nobody only, has. I've only read the book. That's not true. I'm sure somebody saw it. Yeah. So well, whoever cast John Hurt as the Chancellor in VIFA Vendetta definitely, definitely saw nineteen eighty four. Even though he was somebody completely different I in nineteen eighty four. That's the irony and it's full great. circle. It's full circle for John Hurt. Yep. Um who's also in none of these none films. Of these <laughs> All right. So if this is your if this is your first time and you haven't turned off the podcast yet, um this is Palmer and I are taking a look back at the best picture nominees um, from years past. This year's 1949. We've got five films here. We have Hamlet, yep, the Snake Pit, The Treasure of Sierra Madre <laughs> The Red Shoes and Johnny Belinda. Now I know what one best picture Palmer does not. Palmer you want to take a guess. Uh, actually this time I do know. Oh, do you? Um, and that was only because I was looking up some trivia on a couple of the movies. Oh, and, and spoiled it for yourself. It. Luckily, it was after I watched the movie, so it was fine. Okay. But I do know it was Hamlet. Hamlet. Yes, indeed it was Hamlet. Uh, Lawrence Olivier's Hamlet won Best Picture this year. We will get to that film last. This is the order we're going to go in. The opposite order of which I read these films. Johnny <laughs> Belinda, The Red Shoes, The Treasure of Sierra Madre. The Snake Pit and then Hamlet. Okay, are you ready for that? I am. So let's start with Johnny Johnny Belinda. Johnny Belinda, uh, directed by Jean Nagelsko Nagelsko Could be could be Jean could be Jean Nagelsko. Well, is it G E N E or J E N E? It's J E N E. So Jean. Jean, right? Exactly, but Nagelsko is not exactly a French name. Wow. Can't We're getting hung up that. on the wrong thing. <laughs> written by Irma von Cube, which is my favorite name in any episode that we've <laughs> done so far. Von Cube, uh, and uh, also written by Alan Vincent, play by Elmer, uh, based on the play by Elmer Fudd? Harris. Oh. Yes, indeed. Uh, starring Jane Wyman. Uh, Lou Aries, Charles Bickford, and Agnes Moorhead. Did you recognize Agnes Moorhead? No. Do you know who that is? Was she the uh was she the sister or she was the sister. Okay. She was the sister, and she played Andora, um Samantha's mom on Bewitched. Oh, okay. Yeah, whatever your husband's name is. Durwin. <laughs> yeah. It's Darren. Whatever. Whatever. Yeah. I love Agnes Moorhead. And she, <laughs> I I was so excited I mean. Bewitched was the sixties, I think. So it was twenty years before Bewitched, yeah. and so it took a little while for me to uh, recognize her. But I was, I was, I was pretty happy when when I found out <laughs> I was Agnes Morehead. Uh So, so so this film, this film is like the miracle worker. Kind of, it's kind of. So this it's about a doctor, a doctor, you say? Yes, a doctor, a, a doctor. It's about a doctor, um, up in uh, up in on an island, uh, up on an island off of Nova, Nova Scotia, Nova Scotia. So near Saint Edwards in Canada. And um, what would you say this movie? Ta- when would you say this movie takes place? I would say around the time, around the that, time that was made in the forties. Yeah, maybe a little bit earlier because you don't. Uh, it's hard do to you, tell. You do see cars. Yeah, I think so, so. Yeah, I would say it's, it's about that. The, it's about the time. Yeah. um It's about this doctor. He's new to the island. He's not a native islander, and he's kind of welcomed to the island by this farmer, uh, who has a mute daughter. She's deaf. She's she's deaf, and no, she's well, she's mute. She's not deaf. She's well, mute. he says she's deaf. Is that what she is? She she's deaf. She's not mute. She doesn't hear. So naturally, she's also not. She doesn't talk. Right. Well, you can be mute and hear. Right, but they they do say she's deaf and mute. Yeah. Do they say deaf? Is that what you keep saying? It. He says it when he's saying she's like, "Oh, she's deaf." I'm like, "Really, no, uh, no, it's, know, I, it's I, deaf? No, no." I know. I don't think I reckon, I don't think I realized that yeah. when I was watching the film. So anyway, so he this this doctor who has wild these new wild and crazy ideas about lip reading like and medicine. sign language and medicine. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, kind of with the permission of the father uh who looks after who looks after her with his sister yes cuz the mother i th- assume died, died during to... childbirth. yeah birth. right yeah the, exactly that's exactly what happened um uh um, he, with the permission of the father, he starts to teach her sign language, lip reading or whatever. And, you know, like we come to realize that she's not in fact dumb as the pretty much the whole island kind of assumed, including the father, but the doctor who believed in her, like she's actually smart. She just, she cannot talk. Right. Um, and so, but she is very capable of communicating and understanding. Yeah. Uh, and so, so it's really this kind of heartwarming story. Until right up it's until not. the time, right up until the time, and this is gonna get this is gonna get real sad real soon. Oh yeah, right up until the time that she is sexually assaulted by somebody on the island. Yeah, what a what a. Now I didn't read what this movie was about. Okay. We were watching the neither, movie, neither, so I was yeah. like, "Oh my god." Neither did I, but it was funny because when I when I pull up the movie to watch, it shows, it normally shows. A poster of the movie. Okay. And this could be any one of a million different advertising materials. All right. So I, I remember seeing the poster, and the poster looks very villainous. And I'm like, uh, ooh, this looks like it's a thriller suspense. So you feel like something something's going to go bad. Right. I'm like, something sinister is going to happen. A couple of sinister things and then, happened. It just takes to the second half then, of the movie. And then the movie starts- and it's nothing like that and i forgot about the sinisterness oh yeah <laughs> yeah the movie the movie kind of the poster kind of gives a lot away if you think about it that way but yeah. at least it makes you forget but i was like one this movie was made in 1949 and i was like this is heavy yes it is it is i think 48 from, i should say yeah, yeah. it is um it, there's no proof to it but it is one of at least the first to tackle the subject of sexual abuse and rape. Mm, yeah, I didn't look I didn't look into it. Um, um but I like what a, and I kind of without without that bit of information like more stuff happens that I was kind of like, "Oh my god. Oh my god. Like stuff keeps happening and I don't really want to I don't want to say it in case people want to watch the film. Um but um, like to be fair, going back and after watching the movie, I read, I read like the blurb on like the jacket or mm-hmm. on the stream, and it tells you what happens. It tells you what happens. It tells you that she does get assaulted, right? But does it tell you about like uh, like the other kind of events? All yes, the, pretty much it, until it the kind climax. Of, yeah. Does it tell you about the? It can't tell you about the climax of the film. This just spoils the ending of the film. Yeah, I mean, look, they've had seventy years to see this. T- yeah but I mean, like how many like Debbie did you hear this movie before we watched it? I did not this is one of the this is one All right, of those so that let people let people give people the opportunity to watch it on their own. look, they know what year we're watching if they're gonna if they're gonna follow along with us on this journey, they should really watch these movies before they I don't uh, think pe- i see we're watching them because other people don't have the time <laughs> to watch them. We barely have the time to watch them. <laughs> it's so late right now yeah. <laughs> like, um so one occur- reoccurring theme you're going to hear in all of my complaints um not complaints but critiques okay. for this year <laughs> is this seems to be missing something oh sure oh okay i i kind of know what you're t- i kind of know what you're talking about now one of the one of the bits of trivia that i i found out about this after the fact um, was this was nominated for all of the awards. Yeah, basically all of them. Um, all the acting awards, mm-hmm. directing, writing, uh, picture, music. Uh, it I only be- won one of them. I believe, um, you know, best use of cattle in a movie. <laughs> um, no, no, it won more than one. I thought it only won for Jane Wyman. I thought one won best actress. I thought it also won for music. Um, I can check that um, out. But that being said, like, she is really good in this movie. For, and she's one of the. She is the first person to win the Academy Award after sound was put in movies for an entirely mute role. Like, she doesn't talk. She doesn't really even make noises like the typical. No, it, like only, you, it only won. Jane Weinman was the only okay. that one uh, that won. I know the oh i think the uh i think the thing i was reading was the guy also did the music for treasure of sierra madre like he did like 10 movies this year okay the composer um so um kiss me kate won for best music wow oh no wait that's the tony award jk lol <laughs> um so she's really good and and she doesn't really fall prey to the tropes that you tend to associate the red shoes one best music. Yes, okay. Uh, she doesn't tend to fall to the tropes of the of the typical like deaf mute uh, character that's kind of like mumbling and just making just making like grunting sounds like they're trying to form words but they're sure. like she's just completely mute. Yeah, she's very expressive. It's yeah. it's it, it, she I mean, there are some. She was up against some other, like I would say, strong contenders, and and some was. But like, I, Johnny Balloon was the first movie I watched, and without sure. even knowing that she won the Oscar before, because right. I always look it up afterwards. Yeah, after I watched the movie, and I and I and I was watching, and I was like, yeah, she won. I haven't even watched yeah. the other movies yet, and I already know that. <laughs> yeah, she was you're outstanding. She was very good. She was a, she was a really good standout in the movie. In a movie that I felt was just very well acted all around, um, yeah, it was it was really well. I, I agree with that. I thought everybody, I kind of, I kind of believed everybody. Movie. Older movies have a stigma of a uh, an or, like having an older style of acting, yeah. right? You know, like they say their lines like this. See, you know, I'm going to stay right here and I'm going to open these letters, right? Yeah, that was also you, you can't and, get rid of Mr. Smith. <laughs> yeah, I'm in Washington. <laughs> yeah, the mob took over every movie, man. You see, <laughs> yeah. um, so yeah, like there's this is so well acted. Everyone, everyone's parts is is very believable in their parts. Yeah, you know who I actually thought was really good was the guy who sexually assaulted her. I think it might have been Charles Bigfoot. I can't remember. I don't remember the actor's name. Oh. But I thought he he played his part really well. Yes, and fun fact, mm-hmm. just to prove that he had the range, um, he plays he plays the low life in the movie. Uh, he actually played the doctor on stage. Really? Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> That's cool. Actually, one of my favorite bits, a slight spoiler, but one of my favorite bits of the movie was when he... Shows up at the farm and sees the baby, and yeah. he's like, "Ah, oh, looks just like her father." And the dad standing right there, they kind of have this moment looking at one yeah, another. Yeah, the father knows. Oh, what a great moment that, oh, that was. was! So good. Um, so you spoiled that part, good because I was, I was going to. Hooray! Um, uh, so. One of my biggest problems with this movie. Cape Breton, that's the island. It was bothering me. (laughs) Um, I wrote it in my notes later. One of my my biggest problems with this movie is while it's very well acted and while they try and stay away from the tropes of the deaf mute person, it falls into tropes of like, of course this has to happen. Does it fall into tropes or did it create the tropes? I don't know. I didn't see every movie before 1948. You're, yeah, the list is actually getting smaller. So, <laughs> so because we're going backwards. Yeah, we're going. Backwards and next year, in time. all the movies got nominated. <sighs> Literally all the movies. <laughs> so like, so like, even though I didn't know what the what was what essentially this movie was going to be about, like I got about halfway through the movie, and I'm like, there's no real conflict yet. And then you know it's true that it was kind of like us. It was like a touching, like oh, they're, they're yeah. forming a friendship, and, and she's learning to talk. And way, then right. like but, the traveling band just shows up. Yep. You know, and he sees her, and I'm like, oh, that's not going to be good. And I kind of, I kind of saw where it was heading. Sure, I did too. But but I think, but we have think of all the decades of films that touch on a subject yeah. like this that that we know about. So like, would an audience? that didn't see, that wasn't used to seeing something like that, you probably wouldn't have seen exactly. something like this coming. Uh, it's kind of like, the fr- I mean, this is not the same level of, like, of, um, uh, I can't think of the right word, but, you know, like. Comparison? Compar- I guess it's not a, a great comparison, but, like, when The Sixth Sense came out, and right. Like, it's like that's a yeah. Now, that's a twist. Audience didn't see coming because yeah. they weren't used to movies with twists. And now like you that. just go into M Night Shyamalan movies, going, "All right, where is it? Let's where's, go. The, where's the twist?" Yeah. Or like, or like the site, or watching Psycho, and you know, like that twist. You know, like stuff exactly. like that. Audiences yeah. aren't weren't not used to stuff like that yeah. happening all the time. Now you almost expect a twist, right? So that happens, and I, you kind of start seeing it coming, and you're like, "Oh, something bad's going to happen," and then that happens, and you're like, "Oh, that's really bad." and then of course she gets pregnant from it yeah like it it's like oh is that where you're saying like the is that where you're saying that what the trope is yeah it's I mean, like i wouldn't I'm really not, say that's a I'm trope i'm not saying i'm not saying it's like that in every movie but it just ha- like it seemed to be like instead of just dealing with that one event for the rest of the movie it was like uh, we also need more consequences i i like the more consequences you know what i did too even though, like when it, like when they're like, "Oh, she's pregnant," I'm like, "Oh yeah," like you kind of had to go there. I was happy that it, it wasn't like, like I, it, I feel bad saying this, but like, like I was, I was happy the movie just didn't get bogged down in that one scene that it was able to kind of m- tell more story. You right. Mean? It was. I know what you mean. It, it was like she's, like she has this reminder of this ugly event. But yet she still loves this child so much. Yeah. Um, so that being said, I felt like the story needed another pass. Like there was just something else missing from this movie, and maybe it's a, maybe it's something in between its miracle worker start. And the really dark turn it takes, maybe because it, maybe because the turn is so instantaneous. Sudden. It's yeah. sudden, yeah, instantaneous. Um, I don't disagree. What do you think about how this movie looked? Because we're getting hung up on. Oh, this the story. is this movie looks really good. Like it's it's set in a it's set in a coastal town. I think on they an really island. I think they really filmed at Cape Breton too. So they did not actually. Oh, they didn't. They didn't. I I looked it up. I forgot where they actually filmed it um well wherever, but, it, wherever it is i want to go to there oh yeah like the the farm where most of the action takes place mm-hmm. just looks really good you know she invented she invented that turning wheel with the with the cows doing whatever they were doing yep. she invented I think they were eating yeah no the the one where they're like following along in a circle and it's turning the big wheel oh into yeah a the ear. uh, uh, uh Sort of hydroelectric power. It's cow electric power. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Um, and the music was spot on. The music was really good. The music was good, but ultimately not like like it didn't leave me like stirring, I guess, or anything like that. It's kind of what I would. It's kind of what I expected. The music fit the mood. Sure. And there will be one movie in this in this year that I'm gonna that I'm gonna harp on. The music might be good, but does it fit? Are you going to talk about the red? Is that the red shoes? No. Okay. So let's talk about the red shoes right okay. now. Anyway, um, directed by Michael Powell and uh, Emric Pressburger, written by Michael Powell, um, based on the um, Hans Christian Anderson. Hans Christian Andersen fairy tale, uh, starring Anton Walbrook, Marcus Scoring, and uh, Moira Shearer. Uh, So basically, this is a movie, very, very, very simply, this is a a film about a woman who is a ballet dancer, and she's given a chance to dance in the Paris Ballet, and she falls in love with the new... um, Composer. The new um, orchestra conductor slash composer, uh, and they're both kind of given the chance at the pretty much the same time to kind of rise through and into the ranks and become popular and mm-hmm. whatever else. And they fall in love. And she ultimately has to choose between her love for him and being a star and dancing. Or maybe she doesn't choose who's to say, or who's to say, yeah, talk about a movie that takes a turn. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Although I saw, I, I saw that. one. I happen. didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But anyway, um. I, um, I loved this movie. I was like instantly captivated by what was going on, Mm -hmm. Um, and I have seen, um, I've seen one other film by this director. Watched it in a, uh, I watched it in a, um, I watched it in a film class. Okay, um, and now I'm I went to Black Narcissus. Okay, um, which is a which is a great film, which is about a convent in the Himalayas, and there's like. There's real tension and it gets kind (laughs) of like how this movie gets real like there's a lot like there could be a lot of tension and whatever else that that film it gets that one gets harrowing as well. I I recommend Black Narcissus. But the uh, the Red Shoes I thought I thought was very mesmerizing. It was a it was a it was certainly a gorgeous looking film Um, like one considered one of the best films ever shot in technicolor like uses i do love me some Technicolor. yeah me too uses pretty much every color you could possibly think of in the book it's really well shot especially especially when it comes to watching the ballet um okay. it's 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 acting was solid particularly since you at least your uh at least the your main actress is Maureen um, Shearer is is dancing, and you know what I mean. She's doing. It's not like a. We're not watching a stunt double here. You know, or right? Like we're watching her. Thought the costumes were amazing. Cinematography was great. Like I thought this movie really had. I thought this really movie, movie had, especially if you like theater. I think that's because I um, I'm a big theater guy, mm-hmm. and I and I really think. It's whether you like ballet or opera or musical theater or plays. I think there's like you can kind of take the story and place it within any of those other kinds of settings. And you're basically getting you get the same scope and feel. It's like a great behind peek behind the curtain kind of story. What do you think? Um, Well, it's interesting that you said it's a real peek behind the curtain because you're right. It is. But I feel it's to its detriment why because i feel like it get it like it the movie kind of seizes momentum in seizes this. momentum yeah. that's a good thing no, no no not seizes and grab seizes and stall like seizes ceases. not seizes ceases, ceases. Really? yeah positive mm. yeah the soft s sound is for stops the hard s is for grabs okay yeah, I'll, with the heart and by the heart s, I mean un, the letter Z. Until I, uh, until I get confirmation from an actual English teacher. I am an English I teacher. Will, uh, I don't trust you. I am. <laughs> I am. Do you want to call our other English, <laughs> our other English teacher friend? Nah, it's it's ten o'clock. He's been in bed for like three hours. <laughs> it's, 10 o'clock. It's, it's way past um, 10. So, so I feel like the movie. Like if the movie were to stay there, yeah. And give me a storyline there, I'm fine with it. But where I know the the movie is going because I actually read the after after Johnny Stop Belinda. Stop reading descriptions of no, no, movies no. after Johnny Belinda. I'm reading the description of every movie. No, no, because then you're going to, because then like plot twists and stuff are ruined for you. And part of the fun of watching a movie is that you don't know everything. No, I'm not saying I'm reading a review of it. I'm just saying I'm reading a vague outline of the movie. Like I know it's supposed to be a love story. But but sometimes a vague outline of the film, depending on who wrote it, can still spoil what happens in the film. Okay. Well, so I just feel the movie kind of stalls in this place. And I like the place, but because the movie is not ultimately pushing something along, I feel it—it's to its detriment. You're right. This movie looks gorgeous. The dancing is amazing. But it, but the story is what halts you. Yeah the the story is missing something because um you have this love story or the, you know you know you have this love story mm-hmm. that it feels like they for because it's. A, two hour it's almost two and a half two and a half hour movie and it's a love story where it seems like they forgot about that love story oh well, for an hour and 45 minutes i don't disagree with you um i don't disagree with you i think the movie is really held up by its it's held up by what it looks like and what, and it, what it sounds what like. it wanted to do um yeah i don't I don't disagree with that because sometimes fairy tales have the tendency to be flimsy yeah. and I think they have this fairy tale within the fairy tale. Like she has to dance, you know, the ballet of the the, the red shoes and like the story is basically the red shoes. So it's, right. it's all meta and, and stuff like that. It's very, it's very postmodern, um, uh, which, which I, I like postmodern stories very much, which is probably why I, I mm-hmm. attached myself. I attach myself to it, but I, I don't, I don't disagree with you that I think it it kind of like it kind of zooms in and out yeah. of, of that um but at the same but at the same time it didn't it didn't really bother me because I I didn't think the movie was just about the love story like I thought it was also about like their life as artists. Right. And and I I understand that but when you get to like the hour and 45 minute mark and you're like there's nothing to kind of get this movie to any sort of resolution. Well, that I absolutely agree with you because the ending of this movie is very abrupt. Yeah, like it's like they got to a point and they were like, "Oh, just do this." Yeah, it's like, yeah. oh, they they fell in love." When did they fall in love? Because you don't really see any of that happening. Uh, yep, that's true. But I could I could pretty much argue that for almost any any film that has to do with any film that has to do with love. Anyway, like you kind of like like when, when did you when, when when did that happen? That's you know, you're heartless. It's some, I think you're heartless, um, and I can prove that because I have I have X rays, um, <laughs> and I don't see any organs in there at all. Really, just bones. <laughs> yep, it's just bones. I'm just a skeletal structure. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the story aside, aside from me saying there's something missing in the story, I really like um, the director of the ballet. I thought he did a really good job. I agree. Um, yeah. I do really like the lead actress. Yeah, more sharing. Um, I believe the conductor/slash composer. How old do you think he was? He was like 10. I had a really hard time. Um, some sometimes he looked 10, sometimes he looked yeah. 40. Like, I how all, old are you? I also believe he got his hair cut based solely on the fact that he wanted it to show his expression when he's conducting. Oh yeah! Like when he's conducting, his hair is all over the place. Yeah, looked good. I really like that scene <laughs> where he brings the orchestra in early for an hour to practice something. Yeah, and the and the, <laughs> like, what are you doing here? Yeah, and he's like. And why are you doing this? He's like, I like it, and they need to rehearse it. And he's like, "Yeah, now we have to pay them for an hour," <laughs> and it's like stuff like that that I was like, "I really like this," and it was like stuff that they already knew exactly, yeah. exactly. But it wasn't quite as good as. <laughs> and as a music director, yeah. I can simply, sympath- I it can sympathize with you this know, guy. It's funny because I always joke about like conductors to you, mm-hmm. uh, either in in Broadway or at the Pops. Yep, and like, like I've never seen really a conductor. With, like, that much animation. no, oh, you're missing out on some great conductors then. <laughs> I've seen some who are pretty wild. <laughs> so, visually, this movie knocks it out of the ballpark. Like, all aspects of the production, but you, but it's save missing, for the writing. But it's missing on the story. Yeah, it's it's definitely missing the story to the point where I, you know... You know, so it's funny because sometimes I go through periods where I'm like, I can forgive a movie for looking great if the story's meh. And then there are other times where I'm like, nope, story has to be there. I can forgive a movie looking great and the story's meh if you're giving me a ninety-minute movie. If you're giving me a, a, two and a half 140 half hundred and forty-minute movie, movie yeah. you need to have a story. Yeah, I think it's a hundred forty-three-minute movie. You were pretty close. Yeah, um, this movie did not win for best story, nor did it win best picture. It won best art direction and best music, two things that I think we can agree on. Oh, probably. absolutely, it definitely deserved. Yeah. Yep. So we're right in we're right in line, um, moving down the line, moving right along. Um. To ease on down, ease on down the road. Uh, to The Treasure of Sierra Madre, uh, directed by John Huston, written by John Huston, based off the book by- John Huston. B. Travin Oh. Uh, starring Humphrey Bogart, Walter Huston, his father. It's his father, yep. Tim Holt and Bruce Bennett. Um, so, Treasure of Sierra Madre is is about this guy, played by Humphrey Bogart, who- um, is Pretty much down on his luck in Mexico. Yeah. Um, he has no money and he kind of bums around. He bums around, kind of be like, he finds basically other Americans and he's like, Hey, can no, you? He, he finds the same American. Uh, well. He has to, he asks a few people, but he does end up asking the same guy. Yeah. He's like, Hey, can you buy a meal for a fellow American? <laughs> um, and one thing leads to another and he, he and he kind of gets, he gets kind of. Uh, he gets a job that stiffs him on the bill. I was I was going to skip right over that. I, yeah. I was basically just going to say that he like he he finds he falls in, in line with this gold, gold with a gold prospector yeah. right, um, and who's pretty level headed about it. He's not like I'm going to get me. So it's not like the prospector from Toy Story Two. You know, Kelsey Grammer. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's not not that kind of prospector. Which is, which is funny because this is the prospector that almost all like this all is th- prospectors are based off yeah. of. I agree but but this guy but played by um Walter Houston yeah. is is pretty level-headed about it. Like he he knows what he's doing and he like he's yeah. he's great about it. Walter Houston by the way won one best supporting actor. Best supporting actor and for this film. And John Houston won best director and best screenplay it, making it the first time and I don't know about since, but a father son winning for the same movie which is that's pretty awesome. It's yeah. also weird that he won best director, but not best film, which is also kind of unusual. Um, that's kind of gone by the wayside. Like it seemed to be like that really in the nineties, and we'll see that crop up here and there. But the more I've looked and studied this, it's not a trend that actually happens a lot. That's interesting. Um, so anyway, so so they get a chance. it's all about like so this movie's really about like the the uh, corruption of Humphrey Bogart and his and his partner. Um, played by Tim Holt, and it's kind of this, you know, uh, uh, I don't know, warning. It's just a warning about the the follies of man. Um, Yeah, and so never, greed is not good. Greed is not good. Yeah, Yeah. and and because though it's like ah, though that like money won't change us, and you know, blah blah blah, blah. and it and it does. Yeah, The, the movie is is oddly subtle. It's mm-hmm. some in, in 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 some ways Sometimes this is a little too treasure, treasure treasure of Sierra Madre was just voted pretty recently one of the like top 50 films of all time. It's, well, it's got a 50 it's got a um 100 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. So so one of the things to keep in mind seeing as how we're going back and looking at these mm-hmm. is is the impact of this movie in pop culture. Yeah. So this is the movie that you get the we don't need no stinking badges yep. line, which is a very famous line that I didn't know was in this movie. I didn't either. Um and the second thing, do you know another thing about what th- movie what this influenced what this movie influenced or one of the, the characters influenced? Indiana Jones. No. God I hope National not. Treasure. No. Nicolas um, Cage. Oh, no, you're just gonna stop. Um <laughs> So the when they find National the gold, treasure <laughs> when they find the gold, and the prospectors like, yeah, you didn't even know there was gold it was sitting under your feet, and he starts dancing Yosemite Sam. It's the same dance that Billy Crystal does in City Slickers. In City Slickers, and he references it too. He references the actor and the and the movie in City Slickers too. I don't remember that at all, but yeah. I haven't seen City Slickers two since I was a kid, so I'm gonna have to yeah trust you and um, trust me on that. So, like, Walter Houston is a gem in this movie. Oh, yeah, he's great. And, um, you know, even Humphrey Bogart kind of recognized it when he realized, like, he was going to outact him. He's like, you know, having to deal with one Houston's bad enough, having to deal with two Houstons is hell. Houston, we have a problem. Yeah. Um, One thing I found out during this movie, uh, and anyone who follows our Twitter... We'll see. Is I sure don't know. Is just a um, a clean shaven Humphrey Bogart is like putting a hat on the Mona Lisa. Like, just never. He should never be clean shaven. What a weird analogy you just made. <laughs> yeah, like, but you talked about that. You talked about like when he went to the barber and got yeah, like his and hair he comes about and He does like, look weird. Yeah, yeah, he does look. He does look weird. No, but I mean, man. he's been clean. He's clean shaven in Casablanca. Is he really? Yeah, like he doesn't have stubble. No. Well, we'll find out when we go back and watch that movie. Yeah, but pretty sure he doesn't. I've seen that um, film a few times. So he's also really good in it, and he's very subtle. At times. he's great. Yeah, he's. You know, it's funny because he, he, you, you stick Humphrey Bogart in this little corner with something like Casablanca or The Maltese Falcon yeah. or something like that, and you're like, he is looking at you, kid, and stuff like that. Like you just, you know, you just, he becomes the one line. The one-liners, as opposed to yeah. the actor, mm-hmm. and so watching him in this film, he's he's very Shows you his he, range. He's very captivating. Yeah. Um. The, I think a lot of the I think the lighting plays a huge part in this film. The like watching the lighting shift on his face and like his oh, his absolutely. slow descent into madness is is gold madness gold trouble. Uh, gold finger. Gold finger. Um. Um. Yeah. So. Uh, this movie's kind of um advertises like as like a an, a fun adventure film. And that's yeah. not really what it is. It has no. its moments, yeah. but it's not it's not really an adventure film. Yeah. It's a it's a cautionary tale. It really is. Um so one of the biggest couple of the biggest problems I have in this movie, yep, um is this is the one that I have the problem with the music. There are times that the music is way too ambitious for what's going on. Oh, I totally I disagree with you. I love the music in this film. I like most of the music. Like, I like the theme, the overall theme of the music. Yeah. And then I like how, as he descends, it slows down. hmm But there are times where they're just, like, panning for gold, and, like, you get this big, like, music piece that's, like, they're just, like they're just moving a pan back and forth like it doesn't need this attention called to it. I disagree. I think because they're just moving <laughs> a pan back and forth, it needs something to be slightly interesting and that's why the music is is blaring at that particular time. I have the opposite reaction to that. Um and so the other the other thing is again just something for me to make this to make this movie great. Mm-hmm. There's just there needs to be something else in this in this story, and I don't know if it means resolving this movie a little bit differently than it gets resolved, or maybe not taking as many detours. Because there are points in this movie where it kind of detours off of what's going on for an episodic situation. Sure. Um, uh-huh. So I wish, yeah, so yeah I, think what I, I, mean, I know. Like, what like, I wish I know what the story was a little bit more tighter and linear. I kind of liked. I liked Walter Houston's story in this a little more. Like, he's I, like I want a prequel with just Walter Houston. I think like when he's like, he's like, go, I'm gonna go off with these Mexicans. Yep, and we're gonna have a great they, time. Yep, they need a doctor. Oh, I'm their doctor now. They're gonna go worship me now. Oh, it's so weird. He's is- he's great. Like, if for no other reason, I really wish I really wish this movie was in uh, color, color. Uh, because I just think like you're right. The production wise, the the lighting and that is so good. And I want to see that in color. I think it would even be better. I disagree. I think I think a lot of low key lighting, the way that they were using it in this film works because it's black and white. There's a lot of there's a lot of contrast that you can do in black and it, white that's a little harder in color. It's very possible. Um so I I mean I, I mean I think the vistas don't look as good because yeah. it's black and white. This is actually that um this is Ted D. McCord. It's the same it's the actually it's the same cinematographer as Johnny Belinda. Okay. Um and the sound of music. Fun fact, Mm, nice. Yeah, so it you know it's a good looking film. Oh yeah, Uh, we're really in that era where like there's like they knew how to light movies. Yeah, they really did. Even in the the middle of the desert, they knew how to they knew how to light a movie. Yeah, and then 3D came, (laughs) (laughs) and all of it got dark. (laughs) Um, I I really like this movie. I thought this movie was still relevant, and I think even even if it's not about. Pa- even if panning for gold isn't relevant anymore, yep. you you switch this movie out. You switch panning for gold out for the stock market or for something or for something like that. Right, it's the, it's the same. You know what I mean? Yeah. it's still it still works. Mm-hmm. And I think because if it's, I think there's a lot of cultural rele- like relevance. You know, like we don't need no those thinking badges, yeah, stuff like that. <laughs> um, it's got it's got stuff going for it. Yeah, you know what movie? Doesn't? Doesn't really have stuff going for it, but somehow still got me at the end was The Snake Bit. Okay. Um, directed by Anatoly the reason, the Litvak. What's L-I-T-V-A-K. Uh Litvak. Anatoly Litvak. I am father of kidgy Beast. <laughs> Anatoly. It's, I know his last name's his lineage, but Anatoly is first name. In Russia, asylum make you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah nothing. In, i just just uh what what's the what's the main character's name in this movie uh, i don't know i can't remember Her, olivia d Hexenland is the is the actress but i can't remember spoiler that's gonna be a lot about this movie. i just can't i can't remember but i can't remember it's like just like so let's try to catch moose and squirrel you know? <laughs> um anyway so um Written by uh, Frank Pardis and Millen Brand, uh booked by Mary Jane Ward, starring Olivia Dan Hexeland, Mark Stevens, Leo Jen, and Celeste Holm. Yep. Um It's about a crazy person. So, yeah, so it's about it's about this woman um, who is married to this seemingly lovely man. It turns out he is a seemingly he is a, just a nice man. Um <laughs> I was like, I wait a What do you say seemingly? He's just a nice man. Yeah. He's she's married to this lovely man. Uh, and she the whole movie is about her in an asylum, uh, in a, in a mental hospital. And she is slowly uncovering her, her past inside her brain because she has these deep, these deep, deep scars buried so deep because of the death of her father. Mm -hmm. And it's about her becoming well, that's, and that's, that's the movie. That's the movie. And who believes this movie, a product of its time. (sighs) Yeah, like I don't I, I think it, I think it's you no know it is it's just I think I I was thinking during the whole movie this movie is because it's it this movie was made in 1948 yeah. for 49. So think about how far we've come in in um in psychology and in and, well, yeah, because this movie they use electric shock, right? In mental, just in mental health. Think about like even the difference between this movie and one flew over the cuckoo's nest, mm-hmm. and then like and then keep going up from there. Yeah, it's just it's just watching an old style medicine like because the the doctor she has he's crazy because he's listening to her <laughs> you know and that's like I, and, I do like how they point out it's his newfangled psychology right it's like literally like i'm listening to her tell her story and we're seeing real progress yeah. because i'm helping her discover things. like that's crazy stick her in a room and shoot electricity in her brain <laughs> yeah like that's so it's it's so in a weird way it's like I guess the movie's like a, a movie about like no people are people, and if you listen to them, you yeah. know you can discover what's wrong and you can help them get better, mm-hmm. which is all all well and fine. But it's just because because it's not it's doing it so unironically, <laughs> I guess, <laughs> or it's just it's so straight in yeah. its telling. It's like it's just it sits yeah, it just sits in a place no that real, doesn't like, make that there's doesn't no real spit like, very seedy reason why she's having this breakdown or, literally none or, or crazy yeah she's, you know it's just her. the death of her parents at an early age the death of her dad well I mean her and mother her, also and died her mom. yeah but I mean her dad her dad dies like after she gets mad at him so she, she blames herself As a kid, right um but her dad dies of a heart attack or something like right, it's totally, and it, it's like non-related at all. But she blames herself because she wished he was dead. Right. She wished on her doll that he was dead. Well, and she then, also destroyed her doll. that was That's her it. Father. She steps on him. Yeah. yeah. Then, um, so she is really good in this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like I because think so. no, because she like she goes she goes back and forth from very lucid to very crazy, in sometimes like multiple times in a scene. Yep. And she does so easily without it becoming comical. Yep, I agree. Which is I, which is difficult. I think, I think all the parts, in, I think a lot, of, most of the parts in this film are, most of the parts in this film are not, none of it's really played, none of it's really played for laughs, which is good, right. except for um, the, oh, old shoot, the, the old lady there. The old lady there. I mean, by the time it gets there, it's not you know right and i and but i don't mean like playing a comical i mean like it doesn't it never comes off as comical like the the accidental comedy yeah i yeah i agree um but i mean that being said you're right this movie plays it so straight that it's just a straight line you know where it's you know where it's kind of heading and yeah. it's just not it's It'll, just on an interesting line. In a way, it's in a way it's still it's still kind of captivating, probably because of her. Yeah. Um, it takes a while for for it took a while for me to feel that way. Um probably till she ended up on like Ward 5, I think I was okay. like, um but um I think I think because the film is just because the film is presenting is made in 1948 is presenting the world of mental health in 1948 yeah it's just it's it's not it's sitting in a kind of a weird place that's not relevant anymore it's not even like showing you like this is how things used to be or something like you know what it is it's like you almost want it to be like i don't like shutter island Mm. but it's not it you almost, even kind of want it to be like Cuckoo's Nest, yeah, but it's not. It almost kind of feels like a propaganda film. Oh yeah, like look, wh- like like look, crazy people should be treated this way and not how we're doing it. Yeah, by calling them crazy people, I think you're you're counterbalancing your argument. Well, I'm just saying this is how they would have pitched it back then. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I don't I definitely don't disagree with it. it does feel it it definitely has that ring of. People with mental health issues are people too. Right. And they are. And uh, yeah, I don't disagree <laughs> I, with that message. But the fact that but this was this needs to be said. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean sometimes that's what I mean like so if we're looking at these films as if is if they, they, uh, do they hold any kind of relevance anymore in any way this movie does does I guess in that way, but it's but because it's outdated because because, it's, because the medicine mm-hmm. because the the style the treatment style is outdated yeah. it doesn't have the same impact anymore i will say uh all that stuff aside this does have probably one of my favorite images from this year and that's like one of the the like the, one of the final shots like before she's officially declared sane yeah the shot of like the Perfect. chaos going on and it's pulling out the camera pulls out, and they're almost—they're almost in like a, a giant well. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. She's talking about how like it's a snake pit, and yep. She said the name of the movie. Take a yeah. drink. Um, but like, just I love that image of the of the shot pulling out in them, almost like stopping. At, at some point, as the camera pulls out, like they almost stop looking like people. Mm, I'd have to watch. They're all the, just kind of scurrying around. I have a vague recollection of what yeah. you're talking about, but to be to be honest, I watched these movie. I watched these movies for for this episode in in a very short, a um, very quick amount of time, and I yeah. don't remember that scene. Um, but it's out of all of these films, it's not one I think I'd revisit. Like I think no. I'd rewatch pretty much any of these. Um, I'm not saying like I'd be like, "Oh, I just can't wait to watch Johnny Belinda." You know what I mean? Like right. it's not, you know, not not I'm not in the mood, you know, but mm-hmm. like you wouldn't exactly have to like force me to sit down and watch it again. This one I'd be like, "You know, I've seen it. I don't need to see it again." Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's that's kind of, that's where this film kind of kind of leaves me. Like yep. all of it's just kind of it's fine. Yeah. It's yeah. It does nothing wrong, but it doesn't do anything well, except for best sound, which it won for. Mm, okay can't tell you why i mean i i understood everything the sound effects were i heard things they so. were they were a thing that happened yeah, yeah. Um, so the, our last film of the evening is mm-hmm. the best picture winner of of 1949 which is hamlet yeah starring uh, directed by laurence olivier written by william shakespeare um uh, adapted by laurence olivier starring Laurence Olivier, Gene Simmons and a bunch of other people. The guy from Kiss? It's Gene Gene Simmons plays uh, um Ophelia. Okay. Yeah. So, 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 not, no, the so from Kiss. not the guy. So not the guy okay. from Kiss. You know, I almost wrote in my notes like tell Palmer not guy from Kiss. <laughs> like, but I didn't want to like take up time in the margin. <laughs> so, I was just kind of hoping I would remember. So We can talk about the full story here because Hamlet is hundreds of years old, so too bad for you. You weren't around hundreds of years ago to watch Hamlet. You (laughs) had time. You've had time. There's a new version of Hamlet. It comes out like every year. Yeah. So there's a lot from you to choose from. You probably studied it in high school. We can just talk about it. Spoiler. You have a lot to choose from, and if you chose this one, you did the wrong choice. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So... Like yeah, so full disclaimer, this movie I love Hamlet. This movie's really boring. <laughs> like, I teach Hamlet every year. So I'm watching it from a lot of I'm watching it from a lot of different perspectives. Right. This movie's super boring. This this is like the quintessential thing to hold up and be like Shakespeare's go This gold. is why people shouldn't like Shakespeare. No, you're told I think I texted that to you or uh something something along those lines. I said something like, well, maybe, maybe it wasn't you. It might have been somebody else, but, right. But I said like, this version of Hamlet is exactly what people, exactly why people think Shakespeare is boring. Yeah. Like everything is, everything is flat. Yeah. It's, and, and there are, except, except, except for Peter Cushing, who is, um, uh, who does he play? Um, I w- plays The Messenger. His name starts with an O. It's too late. I can't think of it. Odysseus? It's not Odysseus. Edith. Yeah, or mm, it's so late. It's so late. I'm not sure. I can't remember. Orsic. Yeah. Plays Orsic. Okay. Oh, man, and I didn't look that up. Um, Palmer can testify. Who who played the spearman that you also pointed Christopher out? Christopher Lee. Okay, that was uh, it. Christopher Lee had an yeah. uh he's yeah, he is uncredited. Yes, he carries a spear. <laughs> carries a spear. Just like you can Corey see, and you Boy can see the world. him in one of the first scenes okay. where um Claudius is like, Our oh, dear brother Hamlet Sr. is dead. Yeah. So you're not confused. <laughs> Hamlet is really Hamlet Jr. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um so it looks like they filmed in a castle. Uh, it's definitely sets. It looks like they filmed on set in a castle. Definitely. Oh, d- okay, so I do not think that this this particular style of of Hamlet delivered by the actors was very was v- was very good. Okay. It's it's good for us it's good for this particular style. Like they're all uniform, they're all together. Laurence Olivier right. is a good director. Laurence Olivier is a great actor. I there are bits that I really liked, but it was when they were being casual. Yeah. So there are scenes when they're like, it's just side. It's like the bits of Hamlet when they're having side conversations. Yeah. And that's was like, it's even at the beginning when the guards are talking to one another about the ghost appearing on the on the tower. Right. And I was like, oh, this is gonna like okay. Mm-hmm. I kind of like where this is like the way they're doing this, okay. and then it just like took so, like a nose dive. So full disclosure: this is not. This is not. Um, remotely, my favorite Shakespeare play. What's your favorite? It's uh, not Romeo my favorite. It's not my favorite. Romeo my and Juliet favorite. is definitely my favorite um, because I love love. Okay, that that show's not about love and you know it. I know. But okay. I love the idea of love. Sure. And okay. that's what that that's what people ultimately assign to that show. Yeah, sure. Um, so this one, and the reason I don't like this one. I can one, assign that to Hamlet too. You yeah. Know? The reason I don't like this one particularly high. Is because this is the one that I can, like, I've seen it fail more than I've seen it succeed for me. Where else have you seen it fail, out of curiosity? Um, in high school. Sure. Like, reading it uh, before that, in, in a couple stage versions that I've seen. Any but teacher I've also that makes seen it, their students read Shakespeare out loud is not teaching Shakespeare correctly. <laughs> but I've seen it work well too like the Mel Gibson Shakespeare. Yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah. Um I like I like the, bits of that uh, the well. Benedict Cumber, Cumberbatch version that we saw. Yeah, it's very good. Um so so the, the the biggest problem is like I What about the Kenneth Branagh one? I've actually never seen that. Oh really? It's also like five days long. So it is. It's it's like seven VHS yeah. tapes. I think it's four. But um, as a side note, um, so that's, um, you can tell we're old. Drew Barrymore. <laughs> we measure time by one VHS tapes. Uh, <laughs> is it? I think it's Eth- not Ethel Barrymore, but me, John Barrymore. Um, one of the Barrymores was very famous for the stage play of Hamlet. Oh, that's that, that would who. that would be August Barrymore. It was not August Barrymore. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but his his relative uh, was was a fam- very famously came out against this version of the movie. Really, because I guess it cuts out a a bunch of stuff. Oh, so much does uh, it cut out? So it cuts out a bunch of stuff, and they feel like it wasn't a tr- true representation it's of not. Hamlet and that person who came out and said this had to hand the award to Lawrence Olivier for best picture. that's amazing <laughs> i love that that happened even um, though i agree with whoever that who said that so the acting in this what i found is like it it was very difficult for me to understand what they were what they were talking about sure and even though you know hamlet even though i know hamlet and i know shakespeare like this isn't the most shakespearean language of his plays, but I just felt it very tough to understand what they were doing and what they were saying. Um, I, it's because it's not, it's because none of it is said with any, because none of it is said with like really any ounce of irony or humor. Like this, like people always think of Hamill like, Oh, everybody dies. It's real sad and morose and all this stuff. Yeah. It is those things, but it's also pretty funny. Yeah. Like, like it can be, it The, it can be, it depends on how you commit to it, and this tried to be very straight laced. Um, Osric, not Orsic. Sorry, I'm looking up. I'm looking up. Yeah, it did try to be straight laced, and it was weird because while I don't like the delivery of the lines, yep, I feel like the actors, aside from that, do a good job. Yeah, I they know what they're they know what they're talking about, and they deliver them the way that Olivier wanted them to them. De- wanted right. them to deliver. Which is why I say it's fine. But like, so there, there's a scene in which like Polonius is telling Laertes and Ophelia before Laertes goes back off goes off. He's like, "To thy own self be true," right. and he like lists all that stuff to like be be you know like. And the way it's delivered is like, oh, my God, just get yeah. to the list. But he's, like, missing the point that Polonius is basically telling Lyrides like, everything Lyrides already knows. Right. So he's basically being, he's going to, like, a grown man and be like, don't run with scissors, son. <laughs> just be careful when you go, you know, yeah. because, you know, scissors are sharp. You no. know, like, it's supposed to be kind of amusing yeah. that this guy is, like, telling his grown son. Because Hala and Lyrd, they're supposed to be, like, in their like, late 20s, early 30s. Yeah. Um, and so... You just kind of like, and it kind of misses the mark on all of those. And I feel like the only time the, the only time it didn't miss the mark was when Peter Cushing was, <laughs> uh, was on stage and and um, and he was talking about destroying Alderon. <laughs> kind of. It was weird that he was kind of like, "You may fire, what ready?" <laughs> and I was like, "What are you, what
1: do you, what are you doing there,
0: Osric?" Oh, um, um, no, it's like like they were they were like, so he would show up and olivier as hamlet would like give sly looks yeah. to um to um to other people he was with and it like that was that's more the stuff that i wanted they didn't feel like real people at all yeah that was that was the biggest problem yeah and just because just because it's shakespeare that doesn't mean that that doesn't mean they should feel like wooden boards, or they should yeah. feel like like cardboard. And that's that's what I really didn't like about it. So I didn't really care if any of them died by the end of the yeah, you know, by the end of the story. So one question I have now that we've seen two Shakespeare movies, and we'll sure. end up seeing a third. Yeah, and oh boy, I can't wait for that episode. Wait, which one's that? Othello with Lawrence Olivier. Wait when? Oh, oh yeah. That's not. A, that's not. That's a while from now, though, isn't it? Yeah, but it's. Oh my god! I, I have you seen it? I've never no, seen it, but I can't wait to watch. I just, I just found out about this version in a top ten list that I was watching on YouTube. Oh, and oh my god! Like just seeing that, I'm like, I want to talk about this movie all day long. Is it going to be? This is going to be like Hamlet all over again. Lawrence Olivier plays Othello. What? Yeah. Oh, it's gonna be good. Oh yeah. Oh, it's gonna like we talk about movies not aging well. Oh, <laughs> this no. movie does not age well. Oh no. Anyway, so we've seen two uh, Shakespeare movies. Yeah. And one of the things that I famously remember from Renaissance Man, the movie with Danny DeVito, I thought you were going to say Running Man. No. Nope. <laughs> the one thing I remember about Running Man with Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> is that Shakespeare is supposedly written rhythmically like it's supposed to be okay. performed rhythmically yes do you remember what that rhythm is called uh i remember what it is but there's no way in heck i'm going to give you the satisfaction of me mispronouncing the first word Mispronouncing? yep <laughs> <laughs> yes i gotcha <laughs> uh it's called I, iambic am pentameter i am pentameter uh, yeah. yeah i am pentameter so um so like in renaissance man they he's actually teaching them hamlet Yep, and like for that for that speech of to thy own self be true, mm-hmm. like he actually starts like clapping it out for them. He's like ba ba da ba 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 ba. Yeah, and I'm like, like the way he's teaching it, I'm like, I want. I've never seen Shakespeare performed. You're not to a beat almost. You're not really, but you're not really supposed to, like because not not every. Oh, it's gonna get complicated real fast. <laughs> um, not not every not. I mean, it's all iamic, but it's not iamic all the time. Okay. So you can't you can't you can't line it up and do the beat the whole way because then it really doesn't sound natural. <laughs> and so the the i the iamic has like. It creates a it creates a natural flow right. as opposed to a rhythm. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a little it's a little different. That's as best as I can describe it without so, getting kind of complicated. So as far as like as far as the writing goes, it, it's Shakespeare, um, but it, it's very if it's not being performed correctly, it's very dense Shakespeare. Like there's a lot of especially on Hamlet and monologuing and monologuing. Yeah. And monologuing, sure, but I feel this this in some ways felt like a vehicle for Olivier to be like, I want a monologue, so let's do Hamlet. <laughs> um, we've been we've been trashing it to an extent, so I want to go back and talk about some good things. The, set, to an the set pieces. It was a ama- this was it was one of the moodiest, most atmospheric. Uh, movies we've seen yeah. yet and I loved it from the opening shot yeah. of of um, of uh, the castle on the cliffs over the water uh, all of that was spectacular right. I loved all of it I loved the top turrets I loved the matte paintings in the back but what really captured I think what captured my imagination in this film that the rest of the film did not live up to in any way is the appearance of the ghost of King Hamlet talking to his son—it was creepy as hell. Yeah, I loved every second of it because that most of the time you just see the, the ghost of King Hamlet and he shows up and he's like, I'm, and he's just I'm kind a of a like, half, yeah. he's, like he's like, you, you, you should take, you know, you should take a point from me. I forged these chains in life, right? It, Mankind should have been my business. You know, it's funny that you say that because. Every time it, the ghost shows up, that's, because, I just think he's Jacob Marley. It's, it's funny you say that because most of the time, Jacob Marley is, you know, apart from say, like, Mickey's Christmas Carol or something yeah. like that, usually he's creepy. Yeah. And so, like, because he's supposed to be, you know, Christmas Carol is, it's a Christmas yeah. story or whatever, but it, it's also a ghost story. It's pretty creepy <laughs> I forget most was, of the time. There's one actual other version that I've seen Marley in where all he has is like that that like tie around yeah. his jaw to his head, and that's about it. He doesn't have chains? Uh, I think he has chains, but they're like literal bike chains. Oh, that's. Um, I, think is, I think it might have been like the 20s version. or Oh, uh, could 30s. be. One of the creepiest ones is the George C. Scott version from the 80s. Seen it. Oh, it's the best one. It's yeah. so good. It's actually stuff. It's like, it's that. Total version that you would like. David Warner is Bob is Bob Cratchit. Nice, it's the voice of Rachel Cool from Batman uh, the amazing So like slash Billy Zane's bodyguard from and, Titanic. And um, one of the things I also like about this movie is and the Doctor from Ninja Turtles Two: Secret of the a Ooze. Doctor, you say a Doctor. Uh, one of the things I like about this movie is the fact that it holds true to um, region like. Hamlet is is Danish. Yep, uh, and typically people from Daneland. It's not a place. I, it could be okay. Denmark. Uh, yeah, I know. I <laughs> Dan- Daneland. I've been I've been wanting to use Daneland for a while. Daneland. Um, Lawrence Olivier has like y- you know he this, looks the part, and he's got blonde hair, which is typically that's what not. I was going to say that's uh, the part. <laughs> So this movie shot in black and white, but um, you can tell he's got blonde hair. Depends on who you ask. If you ask Lawrence Olivier, he shot this in black and white for artistic reasons. The actual reason was he was in a fight with tech, with Technicolor at the time. Really? Yeah. I. Yeah, well, he would say that it would be for that for artistic reasons, but I think I don't know if I'd like this movie in more I don't, in Technicolor. I don't, think, I don't think Technicolor saves this movie. No, I think it actually might make it worse because yeah, I think because the, the it, atmosphere of the black and white yeah. is kind of what saved this movie for me in a lot of ways. Yeah. Because it is, like I said, it is a good, it is a really good looking movie. Yep, but Watch it on mute. Sync this up with a better version of Hamlet that runs about the same time. It's not going to work the way you want it to. <laughs> But, I mean, this movie, won. it won Best Picture. Olivier won Best Actor for it. Best Art Directions, like, set Decoration for Black and White Film. Best Costume Design for Black and White Film. Like, it had, like, I think costumes were good. I'll give it to you. I'll give you the sets, even though I think maybe re- um, Red Shoes deserves it more. But I really loved, I really loved the, the mise-en-scene if i can throw a film term out there for you i really loved the mise-en-scene of this film do you know what mise-en-scene means i do but you should explain it to us because our listeners might not mise-en-scene is everything that is captured by the frame of a camera so anything that you see working in tandem with one another through the camera lens so on film mm-hmm. uh is um is mise-en-scene so every so the lighting the set the costumes the placement of the actors all uh, everything. Everything working together is mise en scène. You you used to apply it to the stage, but then and now we'll apply it because film right. is basically basically filming a play, so it uh, it applies the same way. So I'm I'm fine with most of those awards, um, except spoiler: best picture and uh, best actor. I don't know out of at least see, the movies see, that we've seen. See, see, I think that's probably I don't out of out of these films. I really don't know who i'd I'd probably give it to Bogart, yeah, I was gonna say Bogart um because it has to be main actor because otherwise I give it to Walter for. Houston who did win, yeah Walter Houston did win um and i I think Bogart has a lot of depth to his performance more so than the doctor in Johnny Belinda agreed um and and more, more so, so than, than the I mean would any you of call the, the, any of the guys would from you red call shoes? the director in red shoes the main actor no. No, it would be the it be it would be composer, the composer, right? Yeah, even though he's not really no, it's, they're not neither yeah. of them are really... So like the the director in Red Shoes would be the only other option for me. Yeah, but you're right. Like he's not yeah, he was necessarily good. the main actor. Yeah, um, so I would say Bogart. I'd say I'd give it. I'd give it to Bogart though. Like I, I don't say I don't agree with the de- like I said I don't agree with the delivery, but I understand like the technique behind it. I guess that they're mm-hmm. not. It's very technical Shakespeare. It's Shakespeare for Shakespeare lovers. Maybe, maybe that's it. And uh, you gotta, you gotta. And I like Shakespeare. You gotta. I mean, you yeah, can't. But say, you gotta love Shakespeare. Shakespeare. Yeah, yeah. There's no. It's not. It's not Shakespeare with pep. And yeah. I and I. I'm usually like, I'm. I like Shakespeare with. I need yeah. Shakespeare with pep, um, because some people think if you if you if you have pep to it, then you lose the beauty of the language, mm-hmm. but. I think you lose the beauty of the story if you don't. Right. So it's really what you well, what you're after. And I mean one of the one of the biggest things for Shakespeare is like if you can't understand what they're saying, if you're being expressive about it, you can mm. get it. Yeah. And you know, I what? don't feel like this movie does that good job. No, I agree. I was think, I was going to go back to the King Hamlet thing for a second. No, what I think? It's he looks like. For Lord of the Rings fans out there, he looks like King Hamlet. Looks like the mouth of Sauron. Hmm. So if you watch the if you watch the extended editions of Lord of the Rings, if you watch Return of the King before the big battle at the end. Aragorn goes up to the gate to be like, "Yo, one last chance, yo. Let's yeah. talk this out." And the mouth of Sauron is this is this character that comes out, and he's got this big he's got this big metal helmet head thing and yeah. all you can see is his mouth which is super gross and really cool looking it's great makeup and that's basically what king Hamlet looks like it's like a mix between that and a like a like a nazgul or mm-hmm. something like that it's it's really cool um, so, so, so just watch that scene when we uh when we actually have to watch lord of the rings are you gonna watch the extended editions no because those weren't the ones nominated okay. for best picture so right. that would be unfair like i figured you would just like use that excuse for like oh might as well just watch the extended edition look i think it's i think we all know <laughs> that those movies are gonna <laughs> win best picture every year no matter what other movie is out which is probably not true because i feel i it'll though, be interesting to I've, go back and when you have to watch it against everything else it was I, I, that i agree but i think I always kind of count, and I think the Academy kind of did it this way: is they they knew the other ones were coming, and if and if the and if the the third one was as good as say the first one, which was yeah. nominated for Best Picture and Two Towers, I it, it feels like it's for all of them. Mm-hmm. Like it, Return to the King may have been the one that won, but it's it's basically for the entire trilogy because they all they're all made at the same time. They all like it's all everything's the same. Yeah, so um except for except for the story which is just one big and, saga and we get to watch him in reverse yeah i mean i mean i could recite i could <laughs> recite those i could recite those movies backwards yeah like by heart so i'm i'm really not concerned about watching them <laughs> backwards but uh you might be yeah i'm not I've, I've i've not seen them since i've seen them in the theater oh really yeah i would Probably and to be fair, you from, I, I fell asleep in every single one of them. I would advise you not watching them in reverse, thing, because you're going to be hella confused. <laughs> yeah, it's very unusual for films to be like parts to be nominated like that. Yeah, no, so no. I, I would, I would on your own time be, I mean, we have a while before we get there, so I would on your own time. Just watch them. Yeah, and who knows? Maybe, maybe by that point, because you're right, we have a while before we get there. Maybe at that point, we're like, you know what? We're gonna try something different this <laughs> for this cycle of movies. Maybe it would be, maybe it would be worth kind of doing those three years consecutively. Yeah, just so do a do a, a break in in the in the backward cycle yeah. and just do oh one oh two oh three. Yeah, because I, I wouldn't know how else to. I yeah. wouldn't know how else to conquer that because it's such a rare. Yeah. Thing. Anyway, All right, we're getting so, off track here. Yeah. So um so that's so that's Hamlet. So so let's open the envelope. The Oscar goes to who do you think? I I don't know. I don't I actually I was I'm gonna say at the like down line, I'm not like I'm gonna say treasure of Sierra Madre. Really? See which is I felt I thought you were just gonna be like hands down red shoes. You know and I was close to it because after like I had watched all of them I was like mm, maybe red shoes yeah. but I I maintain that they have to have some kind of lasting impact like the whole point of going backwards is if they hold up or not yeah. and if they and if they matter to society anymore and ultimately the what Treasure of Sierra Madre has done for the film industry has done for culture and and the and it's still it's still relevant yeah and i i mean i guess i guess red shoes in its own way so relevant because even though it's like about ballet in paris like you could apply right. it to you could do it you could do it as a modern broadway and it'd be the same idea there's something about and. Treasure of here Andre wasn't even my favorite film out of mm-hmm. these 5. I'm like choosing it objectively based based on what like the timelessness of it and that yeah. and that's the one that's the most timeless. So Red Shoes for me was a was third. It was not necessarily a close third, but it was a third and it was it was definitely above the cut of the other two. Sure. Snake Pit and um Hamlet. I, I went back and forth like when I totaled up everything because I, I give it numerical values for stuff. You give it when I totaled Belinda. up everything. Yeah, Treasure of Sierra Madre squeaks it out. Yeah. By, by a point, just barely. I really enjoy Johnny Belinda, and I think if the beginning part of Johnny Belinda is a little bit quicker or has a little bit more to it, mm-hmm. it might win. Like I would. I would definitely watch both of those movies again. I would watch the first because uh, I watched them. I watched Johnny Belinda, then Red Shoes, then Treasure of Sierra Madre. That was yeah. the order I watched them in. And I would definitely watch all three of those again. And I, you'd have to pretty much twist my arm to watch Snake Pit, yeah. or see, This I, Hamlet again. Like, I don't, I don't think I'd want to watch Red Shoes again. Like, if if it's a date night and and the person was like, I really want to see this movie, I'd be like, okay sure you know it's better than other options um but i i think um a couple episodes ago when i said you know x movie wins over the other one just because to me it feels that much more of a complete movie and that's what treasure of sierra madre is Mm -hmm. it's just that it's a hair more complete than johnny belinda but watch johnny belinda (laughs) But watch Johnny Belinda. Yeah, yeah Definitely watch Johnny Belinda. I, you know, I agree with you. I think watch Sierra Madre because it is Sierra Madre. Yeah. But you know, like thinking about in other going back other years, like the the Academy doesn't always pick the film that they don't have the the foresight to always pick the film that has the most lasting cultural impact. Right. Like Casablanca. I mean, not Casablanca. Um, Citizen Kane for, like, people, like, Citizen Kane up in the air as, like, one of the greatest films of all time didn't win Best Picture. It also kind of got trashed when it first came right, out. Right, exactly. So, so like, that's the whole point of going in hindsight. Right. And and so, and Treasure of Sierra Madre, like, people have heard of the Treasure of Sierra Madre right. without, they don't even know what it's about. Yeah, or no, like, I've heard of yeah, it. Yeah. yeah, and so, like, it just has that, it has that, it has that lasting legacy um that that we're looking for whereas yeah. the other ones don't it, though yeah. i really would say if you're a fan of theater and of any way or a really gorgeously shot film watch red shoes yes. And and if you're ready for a movie to make you go oh my god then watch johnny belinda yeah because i really i enjoyed it yeah i would definitely recommend red shoes um it's got your kind of it's got to be yeah. you have to know going in that i mean like, like, look, it's two and a half hours. It might feel like longer, but this is like Red Shoes. I would, I would give a movie. I would give a caveat to someone like, look, as long as you're not paying for this, if you're, if you're just able to watch it for free or whatever, yep. watch it. If you're not pulled in by about the half hour, forty five minute mark,
1: bail. You know out. that's
0: a good point because I was pretty, I was pulled in within less than five minutes, yeah. and I was like, I'm, I'm totally in, yeah, bail out because. It it slows down even more so at that point. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you. And I think I think Red Shoes is a is like a, a niche market and but Johnny Belinda and Treasure Sierra Madre are crowd pleasers at the same time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Hamlet is a niche market and Snake, Snake Pit, Pit is made for like one person. I think I think Snake Pit is made for people of a particular time. Yeah. And but but I think Anybody can enjoy Johnny Belinda and and Treasure of Sierra Madre. Mm-hmm. But I would ultimately just... Let's give it to Treasure of Sierra yeah. Madre. Yep, Yeah. This is probably the hardest one I've ever had to come up with. I was yeah, really, I even, was really like, torn. When we were talking about Johnny Belinda, and I'm like, no, I'm going to say Johnny Belinda. Like, t- you know, score be damn because it was one point. And then we we're talking about t- t- Treasure of Sierra Madre. I'm like, no, Treasure. So, like, I really went back and forth in my own head doing this episode. And it's funny because Johnny Belinda was the film... That that that's the film that stuck with me. And you know how I said like a, yep. a good I think I've said it back on episode one. A good film, an Oscar winning film, sh- uh Best Picture should stick with you. You should yeah. you should remember it. You should remember it going all the way back um yep. to you should remember going it, it should it should sit in your mind. That's why the reader won all the way back in episode one. It should yeah. sit in your mind. And Johnny Belinda really sat with me. Mm-hmm. But But so did Treasure Sierra Madre in a smaller way, but it has it edges the rest of it out. Yeah. But anyway, that's the that's the episode for that's the episode for uh, for today. Tune in next week where we review ten movies, ten freaking movies. But you know, it's fine. (laughs) Spoiler: It's not going to be nearly as in depth. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, we gotta get through. We gotta get through some movies. Yep. However, I will say that I'm I'm really, really, really looking forward to watching the Adventures of Robin Hood. Like, yeah, so I, much. I actually own that on Blu-ray. So I'm. I'm Do you really? Yeah. I'm excited, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. Okay, so um, you can rate and review us on iTunes and Google Play and all the places that podcasts can be found, like Satchel and Overcast and so on and so forth. Uh, you know what? Obviously, you know how to find podcasts. You're listening to one right now, um, so you can do that. You can also find us on um, Academy Rewind at gmail.com and on the Twitter. You can become a you can become a Patreon. You can be a patron to Topable Audio, the network um, on on Patreon uh, you a dollar a month you will get exclusive exclusive announcements um shout outs on podcasts um 3 you can you'll get a social media follow um you uh, on the Twitter handle of your choice, uh, $5 a month, you get exclusive content, including um, special episodes, early access to regular episodes and other things. You could become a That's co-executive right. producer at $10 a month and you can get an official phone call from uh, for 25 a month. You can get an official phone call. Uh, we can we can phone call or Skype in with uh, the original thing is Frank and myself. But if you want it for Academy Rewind, and you want it with Palmer and myself, then that is also that we is also that. an yeah. option. Uh, so I spoke with Frank because you can also find Frank and I on our podcast Beer with Geeks or Supergirl TV Talk. Uh, and I think I think that's all the stuff. Yeah. Which is good because they're playing music. No, I have more people to thank. Nope. Too bad. Uh, bye. bye. <laughs> Coming down is the hardest thing. You know this episode isn't about best music, right? Aw. I don't even know what song you're singing. Learning to Fly by Tom Petty. Well, I can see. Do you think he's a fair person, Tom Petty? Yeah. I can see where you wouldn't know it because you could understand the words. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. You ready? Yep. on the wrong page now I'm ready to begin (laughs) open your hymnals (laughs) (laughs) to page 394 okay